We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The hottest next tape you'll find online. Next all day. We bleed blue and orange. This is Knicks Fan TV, your one-stop shop for the ultimate New York Knicks fan experience. News, rumors, debates, post-game live streams featuring live callers. Let's go Knicks, baby! And now, your host, CP, the NY Fanatic. Another edition of our NBA Draft Q&A presented by Manscaped. CP the Franchise here checking in. Special guest making his return to these draft series. Uh, Really insightful, really expert analysis here. And that is Derek Murray, uh, senior NBA draft writer for BasketballNews.com. Derek, welcome back, man. How you doing? No, I'm all good. I I appreciate you having me on the show. It's it's uh, an honor to be here. Honestly, one of the best uh, YouTubers, podcasters, one of the best hosts in the game. So I uh, always enjoy talking draft with you. And again, Knicks Nation is one of the best. Uh, they actually care about the draft. They know what's going on, which is always a good time. So I'm happy to be here and um, ready to answer some questions for you guys. A- absolutely, man. Now, um, this year's a bit different for you for the draft and that you were able to get out and actually, you know, cover some of these guys, you know, no pandemic and things of that nature. What, what are your general thoughts on this draft class compared to years past? Yeah, this draft class, I think the back end of the first is pretty strong comparatively. Um, I think the back end of the second is a little weaker than last year. You know, we've had so many guys pull out of this draft that I think as we reach the end of the middle and the end of the second round, it's a little bit weaker than I'd hope. Uh, I get a little excited about less than I generally do. Um, but the top of this class has some bona fide superstars coming out. Um, the lottery is going to be an absolute crapshoot from probably eight to 20. Um, guys can go anywhere in that range. We have no clue where people are going to go. And uh, But all the way through the first round, I think you're getting some really, really good players. So the depth in the first is good. Um, back into the second, I wish it was a little stronger, but generally it's a good draft. Very interesting, man. Now let's uh, dig into your mock draft, basketballnews.com mock draft for the Knicks. Coming in at 19, uh, he's been a favorite in a lot of these mock drafts, man. And, and you guys once again have the Knicks selecting Sharif Cooper, the playmaking stud point guard out of Auburn. Uh, only played 12 games for Auburn this year. He, he missed most of the season due to eligibility issues. But, uh, you know, we, we know Cooper's playmaking prowess is is what makes him um, so intriguing. Uh, the shooting is a big question mark for me. What do you think about, uh, you know, his ability to, to hit the three or, or to knock down shots at the next level? 
it's going to be a huge swing skill for him. Um, guys at his size, uh, I know there was a lot of iffy with the measurements of the combine. Yeah. I think for a little bit, the website had up that he was 6'3 or 6'3 half or something. I'm a believer that they accidentally copy and pasted book nights numbers and actually <laughs> dropped those down to Cooper because they were identical for a while on the website. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's closer to 5'11 and a half. That's what you're going to get out of him. And I think the ability to hit shots from deep is going to be a swing skill. You know, at that size, if you're going to succeed in the NBA, you have to be you know, elite at a handful of different things, facilitating, which again, he's got great vision, incredible passer, but he's either going to have to excel at the rim or as a shooter. And, you know, he is very crafty around the rim, uh, got, got great moves, body control, sees the floor very well, but against NBA length on a regular basis, he's going to have to be able to hit the three ball. And it was concerning. Um, I think we saw pretty early on at Auburn that it was going to be an issue, but he got a little bit better as the year went on. But again, that's going to be the big swing skill in my mind and some others um, that'll raise his floor and his ceiling at the NBA level. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. But, you know, the, the the passing and the playmaking prowess is obviously something that the Knicks need, especially his ability to throw guys open. I think you saw that a lot at Auburn, and, and the Knicks just didn't have that at all. I mean, when Rose came here, for sure, he, he definitely delivered. But, uh, you know, as far, as far as a long-term option at the point, you know, we just didn't have it. The size certainly concerns me, especially if he, he, if he can't shoot the ball well. You know, a lot of people want to compare him to, to Trey Young in terms of what he was able to do at the college level. But but uh, what Young is showing at the NBA is that he can score uh, at all three levels. So not only is he a pick-and-roll threat in terms of finishing at the rim and and also with the floaters and also just throwing the lobs, but you got to respect the 30-footer as well, man. He, he, he can shoot the ball extremely well. So with Cooper, yeah, he's only 20 years old, which, which I think, you know, uh, you should be optimistic in terms of him improving there, but it, it's certainly an issue. Um I mean, defensively, what do you think there, just in terms of his ability to to not be exposed at the next level, to get over screens? He is a bit small. I mean, he is short, but he's also uh, weighed in uh, kind of thin at the combine as well. Yeah, I, I really worry about him on the defensive end. I, I don't know if I'm going to say complete liability at this point in his career, because when he's really locked in, he can be a pest on the ball. Um, you know, he's got really quick feet and he's, he's intelligent. He just... It's it's a it's an issue of whether or not he's going to be locked in the whole time, and even when he is, if there's switches that get him down on the block, it's pretty much over. Like NBA bigs, NBA, I mean threes and fours, and probably most twos are going to have their way with him down low. So he's going to have to make up for it on the offensive end. Uh, defense, I do have question marks right now. It's and again, it's not so much a disinterest or lack of skill or ability. It's strictly due to his size. And yeah. going back to your first point about like comparing him and Trey Young. It's really, it's kind of unfair to him because Trey Young is a generational talent. Right. And I, I, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of comps just for that reason. But the thing with Trey was even at OU when, again, I, I got to see him probably 10 times that season here in Oklahoma City, you couldn't go under anything. Mm. You could not go under the pick and roll. And until Cooper makes you fight over to take away that shot, right. his offense really could be limited early in his career. He's, he's going to have to uh, force the defense into actions they don't want to be in. Do, do you know what exactly it seemed like, uh, you know, during these pre-draft workouts, he, he was working on some sort of, you know, altering his shot mechanics a bit. Do you, do you know what that was? Uh, just not to lean back so far, be more straight up, be more balanced with his footwork. A lot of it is the balance, having a stronger base instead of fading back. I think that's what you're going to see the biggest difference in mechanically with the shot. Yeah, interesting. Interesting. Now at 22, you guys are picking my guy, 
uh, a lot of Knicks fans like, and he just worked out for the Knicks just yesterday, and that is Trey Mann out of Florida. Um, I like this kid a lot, man. We, we've seen, especially in the playoffs, that shot creation is at a premium in this league. And, and this kid has it. You know, he has all the tools to me, the ball handling, the change of space, the step back, the three-point shot, you know, 40% from three. Uh, I was encouraged in, in the leaps that he took from his freshman year to his sophomore year, especially from the three-point line and, and from the free throw uh, line as well. Uh, what's your take out on Trey Mann out of, out of Florida? Yeah, I've really liked Trey Mann this year. Really efficient uh, playmaker, passer, shooter, uh, great feet. The ability to stop on a dime, um, all kind of ball handling skills. Like he's really, really skilled. We went and saw him, Matt and I did in Miami, went to see a private workout down there. Uh, he's every bit of six, three, six, four. So I, the six, five reports were probably a little gifted with his hair. They probably just measured the top of that, uh, at Florida. But again, he's big kid. He definitely did grow from freshman to sophomore year. I worry about his weight a little bit and his overall quickness. Like his, his movements are awesome his stop, his change of direction is really, really good. Uh, I do have concerns with just overall burst as far as beating defenders off the dribble, but he's going to be able to get his own shot a lot at the NBA. Again, his, his pre-shot footwork, his mechanics are really, really smooth. Uh, I like him as a scorer. And then on defense, nothing special, nothing to write home about, but by no means a liability or a big issue. He'll have to get a little stronger. He'll need to get in the gym, uh, NBA weight program, but I think he's an adequate defender. I think Trey May could be really, really good in the NBA. How, how much stock do you put in uh, the fact that a wingspan, you know, how, how much stock do you take in the fact that his wingspan is shorter than his height? You know, there was a knock on Desmond Bain last year's draft in that in that regard. How, how much stock when, when you're analyzing and scouting players do you take in, in, uh, in a player's wingspan? Yeah, I, I do care on the defensive end. You know, I would like my defenders to have really long arms, uh, clog passing lanes, uh, def- deflect, de- defend the rim. Uh, Again, because he's intelligent, because he's a really smart defender, he digs when he needs to and stunts. He's always rotating at the right time and place. So he puts himself in good spots to where he doesn't have to rely on like elite length to overcompensate for other mental mistakes. So in that aspect, I don't worry about it too much. I will worry about it in the lane uh, on offense and on defense as well. Just rim protection, the little he'll have to do as a guard. And then getting into the lane, again, similar to Cooper, that NBA traffic, it's, it's different with those big guys down in the rim than it is at college. And I think you'll have to adjust to that. So it's not a major concern by any means, um, but it is something that I, I wish was a little bit different and that I do take in, into account. It's quite interesting. Going to be interesting to see where, where he lands, but uh, certainly an option for the Knicks. And, and as we said, uh, just to alert people in the chat that the Knicks did work out Trey Mann yesterday, uh, as long as well as a few others that, that we'll talk about tonight. So to everybody in the chat, once again, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. If you guys have questions for Derek on the draft, call us up 657-383-1509. You can also get in with us through the Knicks Fan TV Discord. So make sure you guys are doing that. And once again, let's get those likes up. Hit that thumbs thumbs up button um so we we talked about cooper at 19 21 is another guy that a lot of knicks fans like myself like we've seen also in the playoffs how much uh wing scoring and and wing defense is at a premium in this league i I think you look at the hawks on on the on the offensive side you look at the a team like the suns having that wing depth on the defensive side uh trey murphy Trey Murphy at at a uva you 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 guys have him going to the knicks at 21 Uh, what do you like about murphy so Murphy's stock has 
at the beginning of the year kind of came out of nowhere and it continues to rise right now. Uh, This kid is really big. He's 6'8", 205 pounds, uh, is in tremendous shape, long arms, and can absolutely shoot the lights out. He did it at Rice and now he did it at Virginia. And again, with Murphy, what I think you're getting is an elite role player. You're not getting a superstar. He doesn't have superstar or like star upside. He's not going to create for himself all the time. But again, a good defender, uh, good feet, and can again shoot the lights out. So I think you're looking at a guy who can help a playoff team a lot, even though he's not going to have some like superstar upside. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't see the superstar upside as you said, but a guy that looks like he can be plug and play, you know, ready to go, especially you know his ability to shoot that well from beyond the arc, and then just having the versatility to guard threes, guard fours. As I said, I think that's at that's at that's at a high premium, especially in this league. Uh, you look at what the Hawks did to the Knicks; they seem like they had wings just coming out of everywhere. You know, from from Hunter to Herder to Bogdanovich, Gallinari. You know, they had so much depth there that the, the Knicks just didn't have any answers for them on the defensive end. Um, so I think he's a guy that that can certainly help us. And uh, you know, we're, we're hoping for some upside here, but I, I don't think you can uh, you, you can cry about it with the twenty first pick as long as he can come in and contribute. Right, and and again, like championship teams, you have to have elite role players to win. So there is a time where you don't draft for that super high upside and you take a guy like Murphy. And I think the Knicks are in a spot again as a playoff team, hope to return to the playoffs again. I think if you get a high upside kid at 19, it would make sense at 21 to kind of go the other direction and try to round out your roster. Now at at, uh, at 32, an interesting pick because you, you got to figure with the Kentucky contingent uh, abound in, in Madison Square Garden, the CAA crew there uh, with World Wide West and Leon Rose and, and, their, and uh, Kenny Payne and their connection to the school. You got to figure that one of these Kentucky kids are, are definitely being looked at. And one of the kids that came in for, um, for a workout was Isaiah Jackson. But who you guys have at 32, uh, you have the Knicks taking B.J. Boston. Came in with critically acclaimed uh, coming out of high school. Had a lousy year for with Kentucky his freshman year. Kentucky overall didn't have a good season, you know. Let's let's be honest. But you know, a forty four percent true shooting percentage. Um, what happened with BJ Boston, and and what gives you, uh, what makes you optimistic about his potential at the NBA level? Yeah, depending on who you talk to, you know, your pre college film matters a lot high school AAU, that tape matters. What you did at that level as a junior and senior in high school, it matters. And I know Boston had his struggles at Kentucky, a lot of very glaring struggles, an inability to create for himself sometimes, just monstrous shooting slumps. But I think down, like deep down, there is a layer of, of talent and skill that, I mean, if he's there the early second round, I think he's worth taking a shot on. Um, it wouldn't shock me if he went late first Again, you just really look at what he was able to do at the high school level as a young guy, and it's down in there somewhere. So I expect him to improve a lot. What I what I do think with Boston is that you're not going to get a kid who contributes early in his career. I think it's going to take a minute, uh, maybe a couple seasons of legitimate development before he turns into like any kind of starter. But I think long term, again, his baseline talent level is worth taking. And if he's there at 32, I would absolutely do that. 
Yeah, I mean, you got to like the size, the length, potential. Uh, he's got a little quick first step. I, I was surprised that that he didn't uh, that he didn't play so well in his freshman year. But you know, at thirty two, as you said, beginning of the second round, maybe that's uh, a pick that the Knicks take a swing on. And, and I'm sure uh, they of all teams ha- have good intel on him. Like I said, just just coming from the program, I'm sure Worldwide West and he had had a fairly uh, decent relationship. So uh, I'm sure they they're doing their homework on on uh, on these Kentucky guys. Um, how about Jack? from Kentucky because he's another guy who was in yesterday's workout with uh, with Trey Mann. What's, what's your take of uh, Isaiah Jackson, the, the big man out of Kentucky? I'll tell you this. The Knicks want Isaiah Jackson, um, and, and he is so athletic. I, I don't know if he will be there at either of the Knicks' picks. Um, he's kind of got a, a range, I'd say, anywhere from you know back end of the lottery to maybe early 20s. Um, there are concerns with his offense. You know, he's really raw. The footwork isn't great. He's not really a shooter by any means. But again, his athleticism and length are just ridiculous. He's a, he's just a true leaper, explosive off the floor, really, really, really quickly. Um, and I think he's a guy, if you can get your hands on him, you can have a defensive anchor uh, with a little more muscle. He can own the paint. And uh, I think he's a guy that if he's there at 19 or 21, I would expect the Knicks to probably take him. Uh, the question will be if he's there because there are some rebuilding teams who are going to need young guys at the back of the lottery in the mid first round that I would imagine are also looking at Jackson a lot. Interesting. Yeah, OKC could be one of them. You know, OKC with uh, a ton of picks in that first round. They did. Um, did they deal? Uh, is it Moises Brown? Did they deal Moises Brown in, in the Celtics uh, deal for Kemba? Yep. So the Thunder had six and. Uh, they had another pick that now they have six, 16, and 18. They have 16, which was Boston's for the Moses Brown. Well, not the Moses Brown deal. You call it the Kemba deal. Yeah. But Moses Brown was what went back to Boston. Yeah, he, he was pretty impressive. I got a chance to see him against the Knicks um, twice this year. He, he was pretty impressive in terms of manning the paint. So uh, Isaiah Jackson could definitely be an option, but also an option for the Knicks because in, in, in addition to needing a point guard and, and just some scoring at the wing, um, I think they could use some depth at the backup five. I, I don't see them investing in Nerlens Noel to come to return. Could be wrong, but I just don't see them allocating uh, assets or salary cap to to a backup center and we just don't know what Mitchell Robinson's future holds as a as a soon to be free agent and also just durability I just think they they need some additional front court depth uh they were a bit old in in that department last year no no you know don't no disrespect to Taj he gave us his, his all but I think they could use some some youth and some more depth so uh so you so you think Jackson could be a hot commodity if he's there around 19 and 21 for them as well I do. It's crazy. If you look at the next contracts next year, I mean, there's there's really not a whole lot that's yeah. like solidified under contract. Um, it looks like, I mean, you got Barrett, Toppin, Knox, Robinson, Quickly, and it looks like uh, Luca and Randall, yeah. I mean, are, are options, uh, I believe. I mean, that that's pretty much it. And again, as far as big men go, I think a center position will need to be addressed. What's, what's interesting is if Jackson – and Alper and Sengun are off the board. I don't know if there's a big uh, at 19 or 21 that you would reach for at that point. I think De'Ron Sharp from North Carolina could be in play, uh, but I really don't know. I think those are the two bigs that if you're the Knicks, you want at your uh, at your spots. But other than that, like if they're both gone, I don't know if big is the way to go because there's going to be enough talent slipping to you if those two guys go ahead. And, and speaking of bigs, another guy that they worked out in the uh, the Jackson and Trey Mann workouts was uh, Charles Bassey out of uh, Western Illinois, I believe. Um, 
What's Western Kentucky? What's what's your take? Have have you scouted Bassey? What what do you think about him? Yeah, so if Bassey was in there for a workout, I think he's definitely in play at 32. He is incredibly strong, incredibly athletic, still fairly young for being, I believe, a junior out of Western Kentucky. Some uh, he's riddled with some injuries in his past. He's dealt with a lot of knee issues. Uh, over basketball news, we interviewed him and we really kind of we talked to him about, hey, what is it like to go through the injuries? And now you're mentally stronger because you had to go through, you know, A, B, and C, and you know, the rehab and all these issues. And he's a mentally tough kid. Uh, and again, physically, he's very imposing. He's really, really big. Runs the floor well. Finishes at the rim. Um, rim protector. And at 32, I think he's a guy that could absolutely be in play. Um, not necessarily skilled as far as a shooter. Uh, you're going to get a guy that's mostly an interior presence. But again, if you want to see some big time dunks and blocks, uh, Bassey film can get fun to get into. Interesting. Interesting indeed. So to everybody in the chat, once again, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. So the basketballnews.com drop mock draft for the Knicks is Cooper at 19, Trey Murphy at 21, and then BJ Boston at Kentucky reunion at 32. What do you guys think about that in the chat? Leave a comment in the chat, and uh, and we'll shout you guys out. Um, I didn't see fifty eight on the site. Was it was it Jason Preston? I think because uh, yes, yes. Right now, Jason yeah. Preston is the guy we have there. Again, guessing the back end of the second round is always yeah. kind of a crapshoot. Crap and a lot of the international players that we expected to be at the back end of the second, a lot of them have withdrawn. You know, mm-hmm. here in the last two or three days, it's really interesting. So I think you're going to have less draft and stash options. Uh, at the end of the second, I think David Johnson, Herb Jones, uh, Jason Preston, those guys could all be in play. Um, if you don't take a big in the first, I think Petrushev could be an option. The guy from Mega who's playing overseas that two years ago was at Gonzaga, for those who aren't familiar with his game. Um, it's hard to predict. Again, 58, I mean, you could go at, at that point 100 different directions depending on who's on the board. But right now we do have Preston there out of Ohio because there's a little love for him out there. Yeah, he's another guy whose stock I'm, I'm hearing is on the rise as well. So very interesting indeed. I want to shout out my guy Robert Paris sends us a super chat. He says, uh, BJ Boston is a risk at number 32, but I take it. Uh, grab Murphy the third at 19 if he's there. So Robert is high on Trey Murphy the third. Okay, let's go to the phones, and uh, we're going to kick it off with Jay from East New York. Jay, how you feeling, man? I'm good, brother. I'm good, man. Good, so- Jay. Really, what I wanted, what I want to discuss is like, okay, so is RJ and Julius going to be our future ball handlers? Because if they're going to be on the ball, then I'm looking at point guards that is more in line of scoring. I know Sharif Cooper is good; he's a really good passer, but he's undersized and he can't shoot. Like, I just don't see that yielding any great results. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, what, what, what player would you plug and play? as a backup point guard as far as passing and shooting, something that could kind of fit the best of both worlds. That's what I want to ask both of you guys because I feel like that's where, you know, guys like Miles McBride, Jared Butler, those guys fit that mold. You know what I'm saying? Guys that can pass a little bit, but they also can get these shot off. And also, I feel like if we're going to be taking any shooters, I feel like we should go ahead and grab Quentin Grimes. Like, that guy was really bowling, and I really think that that's somebody that we could pick up at, like, you know, like the 21st pick. Not with 19. I feel like we should go after Jared Butler and try to get him as soon as possible, get him off the board, you know. And I wanted to ask about that whole heart issue thing because I was hearing that he got cleared. So what's the status with Jared Butler 
and I like Quentin Grimes at um at twenty one and also a big man that we should take in the second round. I'm looking at Nemias um Keita. I don't know if I said his name right, but I think that he would fit with the Knicks too. I appreciate the call, man. Definitely appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, if you if you look at how you know the Knicks' offense was ran last year, obviously it ran through Julius. It, it ran through Julius in their half court sets for the most part. You know, you had Peyton uh, who, who was out there as the point guard, but he really wasn't facilitating much. It was Julius who was the primary playmaker, and then you had RJ. You know, from a secondary standpoint, Derrick Rose also as well. So. Um, in that situation, yeah, I, I would look for more off-ball scoring, and obviously Trey Mann is at the top of the list. If we're looking for more defense, McBride, Butler would certainly fit that mold as well. Uh, more combo guards in, in that respect, and I think those those guys can certainly um, give us a, a lift in the lineup. Um, Derek, I mean, in, in terms of Butler, it seems like he's got no restrictions right now. The, the hard ailment was a bit of a was a bit of a question mark, but it seems like he, he's a hundred percent cleared. So a lot, to, a lot to unpack there. I do appreciate the call. A lot of really good questions. And you did pronounce everything correctly. So great job on that. Uh, I think Trey Mann is at the top of the list of guards who can facilitate but also shoot. Um, you know, the concerns with Cooper, if you don't buy the shot, that's where I do think Trey Mann comes into play. Um, I think another one that's not being talked about a whole lot at a great combine is Bones Highland from VCU. Yeah. Uh, I was just with him in Atlanta. He is a, he's got a great combination of ability to facilitate and create, but also he is a big time legitimate NBA range shot maker. Mm -hmm. So I think the Highland uh, could be in play, you know, 1921, it does feel very high for him. Um, Word is he's not making out of the first round. So I think he could be in play McBride, if you want defense. And then to, to address the Jared Butler thing, Butler is a lottery talent based on just his basketball. The hard issue's been there for a while. People in the NBA have known about it for a while now. Um, he's been cleared by the league for basketball activities. I believe Shams tweeted that out, mm -hmm. you know, maybe a week ago or so. Something to take into account is that does not mean that the teams are going to clear him. Mm -hmm. You know, if if I'm if I'm the GM and CP's the team doctor and we bring Butler in, you know, CP tells me, hey, like, I don't think this is a good idea. You know, I'm still putting my red flag on him as a professional. Then I have to listen to my team doctor, you know, even if the NBA has cleared him. So that's just something to take into account. Again, Jared Butler, one of the best people you'll ever meet. Uh, teams absolutely love him in their interviews. They loved him last year. Everybody's rooting for the guy. And again, just purely basketball. I think he's lottery talent, but there's going to be a lot to unpack and it's going to take a team really looking inside their medical staff to clear him for him to go, I believe, in the first round. Very interesting. And, and another name he dropped was uh, Nemeas Quetta. Yeah. So Keita out of Utah State, again, he improved so much this year uh, for the Aggies. I believe he averaged, oh, I don't want to, I don't know if you got it up, CP, uh, how many blocks? I think it was three, maybe four blocks a game. Um, just an incredible rim protector. His instincts are great. Another guy that has been riddled with knee injuries in his past. His lower body is pretty concerning. But again, uh, people like the guy. He is he's really, really big. He's long. He can rim run, protect the rim. Really kind of sneaky, impressive feet down in the low post. Uh, can finish around the rim really nicely. Uh, but again, you'll have to be convinced that the lower body injuries of the pass are not going to creep up to take him too high. Um, uh, but I, I fully expect him to be taken in the second round. Um, based on, you know, the guys that you've met and, and you know, some of the other scouts in, in your network that you speak to, uh, it just seems, it seems like from our research that the Knicks are very high on, on high character guys, 
great work ethic. You know, that's how they got OB in the draft and quickly as well. Um, who were some of those guys that, that you see within that, say, 19 to 21 range or even even greater within, within that lower teens to 20s range that, that kind of fit that mold? Yeah. And again, I apologize on the stream. If you see me looking over here, I'm looking at my other screen on yeah. a player list. Okay. Uh, I think, you know, Trey Murphy is a guy that everybody seems to like. High character, really good teammate, good locker room guy. Coaches speak highly of him. Teammates speak highly of him. So Trey Murphy comes to mind there. Um, I, I genuinely enjoyed being around Bones Highland in that workout. He's got a great combination of like humility. He's been through a lot in his life. Um, you know, really great personal story about what he's had to battle through and be resilient through, but he also knows he's good. He knows he's good. And it's a great balance of humility, but also like, I, I want to walk the line of arrogance, but it's the kind of chip on your shoulder where you want your player to have that attitude. Uh, those are two guys that I've truly enjoyed being around through this process. Uh, very interesting. And and with Bones, you had said that you felt like, you, you know, 1921 may be a bit too high for him. Where where are some of the holes in his game that, you know, because it, it seems like he, he has that shot creation ability, that ability to, to shoot from all three levels. Where are some of the holes in his game that, that you think he needs to work on at the next level? So he can get um, a little lazy with decision making as a passer sometimes. A mm. uh, couple more turnovers than we'd like to see. On defense, he can be a bit of a gambler where his instincts are good. He knows what he needs to go do, um, but sometimes he can get caught jumping lanes, falling asleep off the ball, uh, just little stuff like that to clean up. But again, he's got tight handles, uh, great footwork, shot making abilities, aggressive. Uh, I think he's the kind of guy, again, no, I didn't expect quickly to be taking as nearly as high as he was last year. And they have very similar games. So now I see Highland in 1921. Again, it feels high, if you will, but it wouldn't shock me at all if he went in that range. And and it was reported that the Knicks did interview or, or work him out as well. So uh, he seems to be a guy on their list. Uh, did you were you were you at the combine? Did you see the Quentin Grimes um, scrimmages that that uh, people were speaking about? Matt was up there. Um, I was I was on the road, took care of a lot of other stuff while he was up at the combine, but he was really impressed with Grimes as well. Mm -hmm. I think Grimes, there's a chance he can go in the back end of the first round. I definitely think he's in play at 32. Interesting. So to everybody in the chat, once again, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. Shout out my guy, Matt Babcock as well. Babcock hoops, basketball news.com. Uh, Matt was a, was a guest on this show last year. So we definitely appreciate um, him and his team and, and, and you're definitely part of that team. So uh, certainly appreciate you guys. All right, back to the phones we go. Let's hear from, let's go. Uh, Yonkers, Joe, long time, Joe. How you doing? What's happening, guys? How you doing? Good, man. Um, yeah, I just want to talk about uh, Josh Christopher. Um, I see a lot of kind of the same intangibles as Donovan Mitchell had coming out of uh, college. Mm -hmm. Kind of the shot creation, athleticism. Uh, I was thinking maybe the Knicks having a look at maybe getting him at uh, 21. Um, kind of having, putting him with Johnny Bryan. Um, I think he'd be a good kind of uh, guy to come in at the wing. He's good size. Josh Christopher out of Arizona State, Derek. Where did you, where'd you guys have him going in your uh, latest mock? Yeah, right now we actually have him pretty close after the Knicks. We have him at 26 to Denver. Mm. Uh, again, to Joe's point, you know, he's an athletic wing who can get buckets. 
and I didn't list him in the earlier players because I do think that he struggles as a facilitator in passing at times. Mm -hmm. There are definitely times where he'll try to make a pass or he'll lose a handle. And it's like, come on, Josh, what are we doing, man? But again, he is a really good athlete. Phenomenal combine was dunking all over people. He finishes at the rim. He's a nightmare to try to stop in transition. And I think as an off ball two guard, um, you know, at six, four, six, four and a half, I think Christopher could be really good at the next level, have to clean some stuff up, but his pure skill and underlying talent uh, is awesome. Uh, where would you stack him up defensively with, with some of the other uh, wings in the draft? Honestly, not very good. Um, he falls asleep off ball a lot. Um, really not, not always engaged as a defender, and that's one knock on him. Again, it's not that the physical tools aren't there. It's that you just got to get him to lock in. Got it. Got it. Salute to everybody in the chat once again. Joe, appreciate the call. All right. Back to the phones we go. Let's hear from uh, Dan from New Jersey. Dan, how you doing? Hello, okay. Wow, wow, Dan, what's up, man? How you doing, bro? Hey, hey man, it's been a long time. Uh, man, uh, quick shout out to Giannis and the Bugs. Uh, yeah. That was for their entertaining finals. Yeah. You know, I was dominant. I was, I was really happy with the outcome, man. Like, I, I don't know. Something about CP3 schooling us twice made me real happy to see him <laughs> crawl like back to that locker room. Talk soon, but. Um, I wanted to, like, see what you guys thought about maybe uh, if, like, I don't know if Cleveland would want to do this, but, like, instead of, like, giving up Ovi, maybe just do 19 and 21 plus Kevin Knox. Um, but if you guys do want to use 19 21, I was thinking about looking at Trey Mann at 19. I, I agree with you, CP. I really like his shot creating ability mm -hmm. the way I, re I see how that could be an issue but i see people in this league like trey young who people said during like the philadelphia series oh just wait till matisse thibel and ben simmons get on and what happened they won they, they won the series like you can you you can work your way around those things you can't replace shot creation in my opinion so mm. i don't really care what we draft at 21 we could get trey murphy if he's there you guys could Maybe look at Bones Highland at 32 if you want to move up. I don't know. But one thing's for sure, I want Trey, man. Um, I'm going to hang up and listen. Appreciate it, bro. Thanks, thanks a lot, man. Yeah, I mean, you're definitely not getting Sexton for uh, 1921 and Kevin Kevin Knox. That's probably not going to happen, man. I don't think Cle – you know, Cleveland's been known to make some boneheaded moves, but I don't, I don't think they're going to do that, man. It's going to cost us uh, a bit more. We'll see what happens there. Um, I mean, Derek, what, what's your take on the whole, you know, Cleveland draft, Sexton? What, what do you think about that whole situation? You know, I always just appreciate Knicks fans just conjuring up these trade <laughs> ideas that, that make sense to them. And you have to look at the other team's perspective and go, yeah. why would we do that? Yeah. Um, that, always, that always cracks me up. Um, I wouldn't be shocked, uh, Dan, if 19 and 21 were traded. I wouldn't be surprised if the Knicks packaged them to try to move up to go get somebody they like. I believe there are some teams, maybe the back end of the lottery um, earlier in the first round, that would be willing to move their pick for two later firsts. So if there's a guy the Knicks really want, it wouldn't shock me if they moved both. Yeah. Um, but again, if you if you want a starter, I think you'll have to package somebody else. And I just don't know if 1921 and Obi's probably going to be the guy that can help you get over the over the hump, but not for a guy with the scoring of Sexton. So. Yeah. Again, wouldn't shock me if they're going to move them. Um, I, I, I don't know what they're going to do. The Knicks have been pretty good this year about being tight-lipped. Tight mm. uh, 
uh, I, I think they'll try to trade the picks, though, ultimately. Yeah, I, I think they should. You know, I, I think they should be aggressive to see what they can get, see if they can move into the back end of the lottery. Like I said, Kispert's a guy that I like a lot. I don't think Moody will drop, but if he if he drops, I, w- I would certainly love to, uh, you know, see him in the Knicks jer- jersey. You know, you have Orlando with 5-8. With, uh, and eight. I don't know if 8 is, is attainable. Uh, you have, obviously, you have Golden State sitting there with 7 and 14. What, what will they do? Are they going to go in with two young players? Are they going to try to, you know, move move uh, one of these picks for an established veteran? OKC's there with both multiple picks in the top 20. So it, I, I think it, it's possible. I'm, I'm sure they'll inquire. Um, who's, who's a guy that you would, you know, like with the Knicks at, say, like a wing between, say, Let's say ten and and you know fourteen. Yeah. So just looking at the board, you know, I think it would be difficult to trade into the top ten. Um, they might be able to get ten from New Orleans. Yeah. I think that's maybe the highest they could absolutely get. I think Indiana thirteen. You know, the Gold State pick at fourteen. I think you could also get. Thunder doesn't make a ton of sense because they've already got so many picks. I don't right. think they're trying to add get more, picks. more that they ultimately won't be able to roster down the road. Yeah. So I think there's probably only three or four options. Uh, I think Duarte would be an awesome win-now roster addition for the Knicks. I also think that the Knicks would have to trade up to get him. Um, really? Oh, so you think Duarte's going high up uh, in the lottery? Duarte's got a lot of love recently. Um, we have him at 15 to Washington right now. Um, Jonathan Wasserman has him at 14 to Golden State at his mock that I believe dropped this morning. Uh, I think Duarte's got a lot of love, and uh, it could could be difficult, I think. I think he fits for a lot of teams um, but again, he is he is the win now. If you can't go get Kispert, I think Duarte is the win now guy where you look at the Knicks, be like, oh, we need three-point shooting. That's our guy. And he's a tough-nosed guy. I think he'll be 24 on draft night, which mm-hmm. I think he just turned 24, which just a lot of people is a negative. But again, if you're trying to win right now, yeah, I think that's a great addition for your team. Yeah, I like his game. As you said, you know, three-point shooting, able to score it on, on, on um, the three levels. Can play it in the pick and roll, uh, can shoot it in the transition, which I think would certainly help the Knicks, uh, an area that, uh, you know, they've been pretty poor poor at. But they have, you know, players that can play in, in transition, like uh, R.J. Barrett, who, who can get up and down the court there. So I think Duarte can certainly be a guy that you can plug and play. Um, interesting to see that he could be going in uh, in the mid or, or end of the lottery there. So that that's certainly interesting. But, yeah, Kispert is a guy I certainly like. Uh, and, and Moody as well. Where did, where did you guys have, have Moody in, in your recent uh, mock? Uh, we have Moody right now at 10 to New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just want to say, looks like uh, Vincent in the chat just said, uh, Duarte about to get his AARP card. And I just want to say, <laughs> Vincent, that made me laugh. I tried not to do it audibly here on the, on the show, but that did make me laugh. Um, but yeah, we have Moody currently at 10. I think, you know, 8 to 12 is probably his range. Yeah. Uh, there, he's got a lot of love recently. Very, very interesting indeed. I uh, want to salute everybody in the chat. Once again, hit that thumbs up button for your boys. CP here with Derek Murray of Basketball News. We are talking NBA draft. We are eight days away from the NBA draft, so we'll finally get to see what the Knicks do. Will they field all four picks? I, I doubt it, but but what will they do? Will they move up? Well, let's see what happens. Um, if you guys are new in the chat, leave me a hashtag new. We'll definitely shout you guys out. Remember, if you guys want to get in on the conversation, call us up 
1-800-878-7509 and uh, also through the Knicks Fan TV Discord. Remember, tonight's show, as usual, is presented to you guys by Manscaped, number one men's grooming tool below the waist, fellas. Remember, it is summertime. Make sure you turn on the AC there below the waist, and that is with the Lawnmower 4.0. It's like the Ferrari of ball trimmers. It's got the ceramic blade technology. You cut down on the Knicks. Very safe, skin-safe technology. It has the uh, LED spotlight, so, you know, you can do it in the dark, whatever you guys are into. You can also double as a flashlight if the lights go out, you know, during a bad storm. So, it's very good. Excellent battery life. You can charge it on a uh, on a wire charger, also wireless charging as well. So, you know, throw it in your travel bag. It's got a, uh, they changed the button here so that if you do throw it in your travel bag, it doesn't go off. I think the 3.0 had some issues there with that. So, uh, they made the 4.0 a lot sleeker. And waterproof as well. And just remember that they're going to give us 20% off plus free shipping on your total order. Go to manscaped.com, enter promo code NYX at checkout. And they have a ton more products, not just Lawnmower 4.0. Definitely check out the Performance Package 4.0 as well. And, uh, you know, all, all the uh, the great products for today's man. So go to manscaped.com, enter promo code NYX for 20% off plus free shipping. All right. No testimonials. Yeah, George Jones. Salute to George Jones. No testimonials. We haven't said that in a while. You know, just go get it. A lot of you guys like the product, but no testimonials. We, we definitely don't need proof to just go out and get it. Take my word for it. That, that's all I'll say there, man. Just take my word for it. All right. Let's go back to the phones. Let's go to uh, Val from Jersey. Val, how you doing, man? How are you? How are you? Good, Val. What's going on? Oftentimes, I feel like we look at players' ceiling that we don't look at their floor enough. Mm -hmm. The thing I like with Trey Mann is his floor is a shot-creating shooter. Trey Murphy is a spot-up shooter. But the guy at 32 that I really want us to look deeper into is that kid, Brent Langenberg. I was looking at his play. He's like a 6'11 point four that we could possibly run at the 4 or the 5 if he gains muscle or not. And I was just wondering, how do the Knicks feel about him? Because I'm just looking at this guy. He reminds me of that. You did a show on this guy. What's his name? Poku. You did a show on Poku last yeah. season. And I feel like if we can get a Poku type of guy, which is this Brent kid, it, it would just help the team because the team lacks purely skilled guys. And he just looks he looks amazing, like his ball handle and everything. Like, oh, man, I wish the Knicks can get him at, like, earlier. But if we can get him at 32, what's your thoughts? Yeah, you know, Derek, I, I haven't spoken to our guy, uh, Jason Filippi, on, on Renz Blindberg. Um, shout out to Jason Filippi, uh, formerly of Babcock Hoops, international scout. Um, I have, so I haven't gotten his thoughts on Renz. Have you guys taken a look at Renz? What was, what's your overall take on him? Yeah, so, yeah, shout out to Jason, one of the best international scouts in the world, as far as I'm concerned. We've done a lot of work with him, and it's always awesome. Um, you know, Vrenz didn't have much love, wasn't talked about a whole lot during the course of this season. And then I'd say in the last probably 60, 90 days or so, I mean, it's picked up. Uh, if you don't follow him on Twitter, he's a great follow, yeah. interacts with everybody, <laughs> hilarious kid. Uh, and he's been working out for everybody, it seems like. And there's a lot of love. You know, I thought for a while that maybe just 55 to 60, you take a flyer on him. I have some concerns with his shot, have some concerns with his defense. But again, the point forward capability of 6'10", he is a tremendous passer. Like he sees the floor very, very well for a young kid. Um, Pokushevsky, again, Poku last year, I think Brenz is already two years older than him. So it's tough to compare them as far as like long-term upside in the same category, just with the age difference there. But again, Brenz, I think middle of the second, 
um, maybe as high as late 30s to 50, maybe a range. It's, it's tough to say with a lot of international yeah. kids who are kind of late onto the scene. But there is a lot of love for him right now around the league, and he's working out for everybody. Yeah, shout out to Vrenz, man. He actually followed me on Twitter. You know, I, I was making a joke with Jonathan Watchman. I said, if he gets picked by the Knicks, all that will, will cease. But uh, shout out to Vrenz. He's making his rounds around the uh, NBA and, and uh, entering the good graces of the fan base. So he's appreciating the love. Um, if you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Let's go back. Let's go to the Discord. We're going to go to Ireland. Speaking of international, my guy Daryl Walsh has been waiting to get in here for like the past couple of weeks. Daryl, cheers, man. How you doing? 
Hi, can you hear me? Yep, loud and clear, bro. How you doing, man? Yeah, good. How are you? No, good. I was just um, um, well, I was looking at like, sorry, one sec. Mm -hmm. No, sorry, I was just a lot of Knicks fans. I was looking at the point guard situation. I, I think um, like looking at Trey Mann, I, I just feel like he'd be like too similar to quickly. And then looking at Cooper, I'd say like he's the kind of guy who needs the ball in his hands all the time. And I just like a guy like uh with Randall on the court, like I don't, I don't see them like, like um sharing the ball much and like um I I think we like stick with like veteran point guards I think like Derek Rose would be good and if we can get Sexton he'd be good or if not a guy like Reggie Jackson but I definitely like kind of a, a wing uh, in the draft I like my favorite guy would be Trey Murphy or Corey Kispert or Zaire Williams also is a good like high upside guy yeah and yeah, uh, Zaire Williams is a guy that that uh, we haven't spoken about out of Stanford. Um, again, didn't have a, a great uh, year last year, but but you know, what were you, some of your takeaways from Zaire Williams, uh, Derek? Yeah, and and that's going to be the real question for how the Knicks draft is: whose hands do they want the ball in yeah. next year? Like that is that is what you're going to have to answer. Now, you can take a young kid, you can take a guy like Cooper, um, who may not need the ball in his hands right now, but long-term is the kind of the point guard of your future. So that kind of pick makes sense. But if you kind of short sighted, you do look the next two or three years. You now you have a great point where, I don't know, maybe you just let Randall continue to handle the ball, Randall and Barrett, and you go get a veteran. Um, at that point, I think Zaire Williams is definitely an option. I think that that is well around his range for the draft, even though he didn't play very well. I think you're probably looking anywhere from, I don't know, maybe 18 to 30 for Zaire. There are some teams who are very low on him and other teams that look at a 6'8". Uh, he did actually measure six foot eight, So he's a legit 6'8", ball handler, mm. shot creator. And even though it didn't go in at a high clip, he was pretty inefficient. Again, another one of those guys like B.J. Boston, that underlying talent level is there. And at a certain point, teams aren't going to pass anymore. So I think Zaire is a, is a wing option, um, intelligent defender as well. And, you know, shades of being able to handle the ball and, and – hit big shots as a pull-up shooter. Matt and I were with him. Uh, we saw him work out in Las Vegas probably about three weeks ago now. Big kid. He'll definitely have to put on some weight. Another one of those kids who needs to get an NBA weight program. But I think Zaire, if, you don't, if you're not looking for a true ball handler, if you're the Knicks, I think Zaire's on the table. I think – I still think the starting point guard of the Knicks will still be a veteran, just, just you know, from where Tib, – how Tibbs feels – I think he's going to give it to the guy that's going to be ready from day one and he's going to know what he can do, command the offense, can trust someone who who he can trust and rely on, and I think that'll be a veteran. I think they will bring back Rose. Do they go out and get a Lowry, a Conley, you know, somebody who he feels like has a better chance to give him some more uh, length from the starting lineup um, perspective, you know, as a start, because I just don't think Rose can can give you that. Uh, but I, I still think they lean veteran there. Maybe they still take uh, one of these kids, but you know, bring them along slowly. Kind of what he did with quickly last year. Bring them along slowly against second units. You know, in spots where you feel like he can succeed. I think I think they'll do that again. And yeah, you could certainly make the argument that more of an off ball combo uh, would suit the Knicks a bit better long term. If if you're going to factor in that Randall's still going to be. Uh, the, the dominator of, of the ball on the offensive end in the half court and maybe RJ secondarily. So, you know, maybe having a more of an off-ball option uh, that can go get you a bucket but, you know, doesn't need the ball in his hands, I mean, you know, could, could be um, that could be the optimal 
way that that you fill the at, fill in at the one. So we'll we'll see what happens. Um, another guy that that uh, some fans are having questions on uh, from the international sp- perspective is Josh Giddy. Uh, what's been your 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 opinion on Josh Giddy so far? Yeah, I think Josh Giddy has a tremendous chance to be a lottery pick. Um, most people don't expect him to get out of the lottery. Hmm. You know, my only concern with him right now is really his athleticism on the defensive side. Um, really struggles in the pick and roll as a defender. But again, hit, uh, excellent vision, comfortable at 18 years old uh, in a good league as a ball handler and an engine for the offense. Um, can get to the rims at Spurs, has really improved as a shooter. And again, a 6'8 ball handler who's really, really intelligent, has great feel for the game. I do not expect him to be on the board very long at all. Josh Giddy played out of the NBL. And hey, you know, LaMelo came out of there, came in and, and won rookie of the year. So uh, I think Josh Giddy will certainly get uh, an early lottery look and, and we'll see uh, which team he lands with. Uh, back to the Discord we go. Let's go to uh, King Deej, DJ from Staten Island. DJ, how you doing, man? DJ going once. Can you hear me? Yep, loud and clear, man. How you doing, bro? There we go. Can you hear me? Yep, loud and clear. All right, sorry, CP. You know the Discord is always 10 seconds late. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. Run it up. I'm going to get straight to it. Yep. Derek, I appreciate your insight because you're one of the one people that I actually listen to when it comes to the draft insiders. A lot of people be guessing. So I just want to ask you straight up, gun to your head at 19. Are you taking Cooper or man? At 21, are you taking Durante or are you taking Murphy? And then you already asked, you already explained about the Varens kid from overseas. So I'm going to ask you a different question. How do you feel about um, two people that you didn't name? Uh, McBride, Miles McBride, and also, um, oh, my God, why is why am I forgetting this kid from Chicago? AO, AOD. Yeah. I, I just feel like they're good backups as, as, you know, if option one and option two don't fall. Me, preferably, my my selection is Trey Mann and Trey Murphy. I'm, I'm good with that. I'm all set for that. Yeah, but just too. give me your options and uh, your opinions on it. Thank yeah. you. Th- thanks a lot. And uh, and Ayo was was the third uh, prospect to work out with the Knicks in the Trey Mann um, workout, along with, sorry, the fourth, along with Isaiah Jackson and and uh, Charles Bassey. So uh, let's start Let's start with him. Let's start with uh, Ayo Dasunmu from, uh, from Illinois. What's your uh, your take on him? Yeah, well, DJ, I appreciate the kind words, man. Uh, I don't like when people just throw out a bunch of guesses either. So we try to do as much homework as we can. And uh, again, I really appreciate it. Uh, Desunmu, I think he has a chance to go at the back end of the first. Uh, will probably be an early second round pick out of Illinois. Again, good size, tremendous speed. Uh, his burst is really, really good. And he improved as a shooter a lot. My concern going into last year's pre-draft process was his shooting. And he addressed that really well uh, this year up at Illinois. Uh, other intel on him is that he has a tremendous work ethic. Um, people apparently like really like being around the kid. Uh, he's known for being just a relentless worker who will do whatever it takes to win, which really makes me like Dasunmu. So because he's you know coming out as a junior, I, I think – 25 to 35, you know, um, that's probably if I had to really get narrow uh, on his range. Uh, McBride, one of the other ones you mentioned, again, he really helped himself at the combine. Uh, measured really well. Kid has some long arms. Like he's only six foot one. Uh, let me pull up. Hang on. We've got the, 
player profiles here on our website. Yeah, six one, but he measured a six nine wingspan. Wow. I mean, he's just a tremendous defender. Will absolutely lock you up. And quite frankly, he's the kind of ball handler or the kind of on ball defender that just puts you in hell. Yeah. Uh, that's just plain and simple. He makes life really difficult for you. A really good shot maker. Undersized kind of for a one. He's undersized for a two at six foot one. So offensively with McBride, you have to really have a niche that you want him in if you're going to take him early. And that's part of McBride's game is like, you know, you can't have an undersized two guard at six foot one unless you're, you know, you're scoring like Lou will, you know, so that's, that's, that's something you got to take into account. He's not that kind of offensive player. So again, tremendous defender. He might've played himself into the first round in Chicago. And then DJ to answer your question, if I am picking just me personally at 19 and 21, I'm making the same picks. You are, I'm taking Trey man. Yeah. I'm taking Trey Murphy. Trey, um, Trey. Gun to my head. I think it'll be Cooper and Murphy. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot of juice on Cooper, man. In these past couple of days, you've seen a lot of articles come out, coming out. Shout out my guy Ian Begley. He says uh, Knicks are doing extensive work on Sharif Cooper. We'll we'll see. Is that a smoke screen? We'll, we'll see what happens in eight days. Uh, NBA draft coming up on July 29th. But I'm with you guys, man. I, I'm leaning man, and I, I'm leaning Murphy. I'm leaning man. I'm leaning Murphy. Give me some three point shooting. Give me some defensive versatility in Murphy and a bucket getter in Trey Mann. And let's see if, if he continues to improve. Like I said, he, he made a huge leap from his freshman to sophomore year uh, at Florida. Let's see if he continues on, on that trajectory. But right now, he certainly has the tools to, to help us out in, in many areas. So uh, let, let's see where they go there. Jay from East New York says, uh, sent in the Super Chat. He says, what's the scouting report on Kessler Edwards out of Pepperdine? He says, I, I hear we're looking at him, uh, number 58, Kessler Edwards. Yeah, so Edwards is a guy who had a really efficient year as a shooter. Um, good shooter, strong rebounder, good in the mid-range as well. He's one of the few guys that I trust to hit his open threes, and he's actually got some decent post moves. Um, you know, 6'7", a very, very low body fat at the combine, measured really well, 6'11", arms. Uh, Going to give you both inside and out offense. So I think for a while, people got a little higher on him than they should when people were just talking, you know, maybe back into the first. I think... He's got maybe a 31 to 50 is probably a range I'll give him. Um, you know, there are some teams that like him in the 30s. And again, he's just a really efficient guy, um, shot maker as well. So it doesn't surprise me that the Knicks are working him out. You know, if you can't get a guy like Murphy or Duarte if in the first, you can't get your hands on him because they go early. I think Kessler Edwards would be a decent pick uh, in addition in the second. Very interesting. Uh, another guy, uh, another one of the hot shooters. We need shooters. Shot 46% from three and five attempts at Iowa, and that is uh, Joe Weiskamp. Uh, is, he, is, he, is he kind of in that, that Duncan Robinson mold? What's your, what's your take on him? Uh, a little bit. I think so. I think he's a little more comfortable than Duncan is with the ball in his hand, you know, as at least uh, some kind of initiator. Mm -hmm. You know, he's a decent passer as well, where I think Robinson's like purely – only off yeah. the move or standstill shooting. You don't yeah. really have him running a whole lot of offense. But again, Wieskamp jumping that 42 at the combine, 6'6", six, six, no shoes, and a 6'11", wingspan. I mean, this kid proved he's one of the best athletes in the country, and you can tell on film, uh, but it wasn't always the most functional athleticism. So to see him just straight up jump a 42 was actually super impressive, and he played himself up considerably in the second round. I don't think he'll be a first-round pick um, but you could tell me 31, you could tell me 59 and wouldn't shock me. I think anywhere in the second has a range for him, but again, 46% from three this last year 
and was a really good three-point shooter all year or all three years at Iowa. So I think on good volume, he's a bona fide shooter. I think Wieskamp helped himself maybe second to Bones Highland more than anybody else in Chicago at the Combine. Interesting. Very interesting. Deeds, salute to everybody in the chat. Once again, hit that thumbs up button for your boys. Want to shout out Javier Montalvo for the super chat. Uh, he did ask us about Gideon, and we touched on that. I'm not sure if the Knicks worked him out or interviewed him. I have to check the list that I had. Uh, but, you know, Giddy's certainly a, um, a highly tied prospect. And, and uh, as Derek said, a guy that's likely to go in the lottery. So if they do want him, they, they're going to have to find a way to jump up and get him. All right, back to the phones we go. Let's hear from uh, ATL. Ben, how you feeling, bro? Hey, CP, what's good, man? First time caller, bro. Hey, hey, how you doing, man? What's going on, Ben? Hey, I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm good, man. I'm good. Hey, Derek, man, much respect to you. Love your insight. But I got to say, Brandon Boston at 32, I'm not feeling that at all. We just dealt with Kevin Knox for a couple years, and I feel like there's going to be a lot of talent that falls especially to that spot. So I'm going to have to pass on that hard pass. Um, I feel like there's going to be a lot of people there. Grimes, McBride. Uh, some people aren't talking about Wise Camp. And uh, <laughs> he's definitely shot the ball well. Um, I feel like that should definitely be somebody we at least consider somewhere in the second round. Uh, also, I don't think Isaiah Jackson is going to be available for us at 19, but I love his game. And I think – uh, with Noel, Nerland's probably going to get a, a decent contract this offseason, so we might have to look to get some, some big men depth there. Um, but just in general, I think it's going to be hard to mess this draft up. I, I have confidence in this front office. I think we're going to do well, and hopefully we get a point guard, our point guard of the future, but I think we're going to get a couple rotation players in there. So, but, yeah, that's all I had to say. Love your show, man. Uh, Appreciate it, Ben. Let me know your thoughts. Thanks a lot, Ben. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Derek did just just mention Wise Camp uh, as a guy with uh, with some second round potential, and uh, I'm with you, man. I, I think in this draft, I'm hoping for a starter. Hopefully, we we get a starter, a guy that can contribute right away. But at the very least, I, I think we'll get one or two solid additions to the rotation, and and hopefully, you know, that together collectively, they they could help uh, move the needle just a bit. Um. Let's see, who else do, do we have? CP, let me ask you something. Yeah, good. You know, Ben's point of not wanting to take Brandon Boston at 32 and comparing it to taking Knox at nine. Talk to, I'm going to let you speak yeah. for all the Knicks fans out there. Why, why would taking a guy like Boston at 32, you know, second round pick, you're not guaranteeing him, you know, some four-year deal up there on a rookie scale. Why does that seem as scary to some people why why is the kevin knox pain just burned in the brain so much got, that got, like any young kentucky guy just scares them they, or because 32 and 9 i mean your 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 valuation of that pick is so yeah, different but i want to hear from your like representing all knicks fans what what is the thought process there well look i think knicks fans have draft ptsd period man you know from from frank was a dud kevin was a dud Obi, I'm concerned about Obi myself. I like the kid, high character kid. He, he, he's embraced the city, supporting him all the way. I just felt like it was a waste of a pick. I thought it was a redundant pick for Randall. They, I don't know where they were going with that. I don't know if they were looking one or the other. There were, there were Randall trade rumors last year. I'm not so sure. And I, I think that they need to figure out what they're going to do there because if Tibbs can't play the two of those guys in a small ball lineup, 
I don't see OB presenting that much value given where you drafted him. And I think I, w- I would try to, you know, get sex in, in that deal. I, I would. Um, so, so yeah, I just think it's just overall PTSD from Nick. Which is understandable. Yeah, because our, our picks have not panned out. And especially with where Knox was concerned, I was, I wanted Mikhail Bridges that year. There was, there were a lot of fans who, who obviously wanted Michael Porter Jr. I wasn't willing to take that risk with Porzingis already on the men with the ACL to bring in a kid with a bad back. I just felt like that was typical Knicks. I want to go a bit safer with Macau Bridges, and you know he he certainly uh, is earning his keep or earned his keep in the finals. So I mean, Boston at thirty-two, you're talking about a second-round pick. I'd roll the dice, man. He had a bad year. I would gamble. You know, maybe his stock is low right now. I take a gamble on him, a kid that was highly touted out of high school. I don't see anything wrong with that at number thirty-two. You know, definitely don't see anything wrong with that on 32. But what do you guys think in the chat, man? I, I, I just think we got PTSD, man, with the draft. We have no confidence that whoever we're going to draft is going to ever turn into a, a good player or a star, which is really what we're looking for here. But but we'll see, you know. We'll, we'll see what happens. We, uh, we ben, ben in the chat, I think, makes a good point that the first round is loaded enough to where there will be some options yes. similar or maybe – better than Boston at 32. Like there are going to be some legitimately strong first round talents fall to 32. I mean, I love picks 31 through 35 every year because you're going to get a first round talent as long as somebody reaches ahead of you. And then, I mean, it's, it's just more fun. Is it better value? So yeah. I do actually understand it. I agree with the point that at 32, there's a good chance that, I mean, a McBride, a Butler, um, a Highland, a Christopher, like those guys could also be there at 32. Another guy, I think JT Thor may slip out of the first. And if he mm-hmm. does, that's a young guy where you just kind of say, hey, we'll just bet on the long-term upside and we're going to take him. Another so Auburn, that is a, right? that's a pretty good point. JT Thor out of Auburn? From, yes. Okay. JT Thor out of Auburn. Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, it, it seems like a deep enough draft that, that somebody's bound to slip in. Just given the, the how the Knicks were so aggressive in last year's draft, a, a trade could be on the horizon. So, uh, we, we have options, you know, and, and that's a good problem to have. So shout out to Ben in ATL. Keep the faith, Ben. Just keep the faith, man. We, we got something coming. All right, back to the phones we go. Book from Queens. Book, what's going on? Hey, CP. Thanks for having me again. Uh, you and Derek are doing a fantastic job, and you also did a great job with uh, Benedict Kellerman earlier. Oh, thank you. I thank uh, love yes. to see what you did there. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Always, you know, <laughs> left him with the bruises as usual. Yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> so, to, so to get right into it, yeah. um, I just want to speak philosophically on what I'd love to see the Knicks do with the trade and, and get you guys' feedback on I mean, with the uh, draft, mm-hmm. and see, get you guys' feedback on that. So everybody is talking about a point guard because we have that need. But the bottom line is, Unless a point guard is basically a sure thing, they're not going to get the ball, as you've alluded to earlier, out of Julius, RJ, and even quickly in Derrick Rose's hands, right? Especially with Thibodeau as coach. So I honestly don't want them to draft for a point guard because if we're looking at maximizing value in this draft, what they need to go out and get is shooting because it's become standard at this point in the NBA that shooting is going to cost you about 18 to 20 million if a guy's a true sniper. And this is a team that needs a true sniper. We need regular season Joe Harris or all the time yeah. Duncan, Duncan Robinson. And if they can nail that, then I think they can take a flyer on like some super project 
that they send to the G League, you know, second round, something like that. But in that first round, with what we have, if we're going to maximize value for this team, I think they have to draft for shooting. And I'm curious what you guys think with that mindset, who they should truly be going for. I appreciate appreciate the call, man. I felt like yeah. you, you made a case for Trey Mann. <laughs> you know, yeah. I felt like you made a case for Trey Mann. If, if, we, if we're trying to get uh, maximized on shooting, I still think we need playmaking ability at the one. And, yes, I, I still think we're, we're going to go vets there to start. But we need long-term options. And in the playoffs, I felt like it was too much ISO Randall. We had no playmakers. We had no shot creators. And I felt I still feel like we need someone that can help Julius get get buckets in rhythm, get him shots, somebody that can play in the pick and roll. You have pick and roll talent on your team in Mitchell Robinson. I mean pick and roll finishers on your team in Mitchell Robinson and Obi Toppin. I still value that, you know, that type of playmaker on this team, even though, yes, we, we need shooting. We need shooting abound. So I, I see I see the, the case to be made for, for both at the one. I think, you know, CP, it's a, it's a great question from like a philosophical standpoint. I think the Knicks need to decide it's not so much what position do we, you know, what do we value or not value? I think it's, are we drafting to win the playoffs next year and in 2023, or are we planning for the future in some capacity? Um, Because if you take a guy like Cooper, again, it's going to be tough to get a point guard late first, who's just ready to come in and play minutes right now. But long-term, he could be your guy. He could be an incredible point guard of the future. He's young. Again, like we said, we've talked about his skill a lot. Um, You know, regarding the question, that's why I think trading up for a guy like Kispert, trading up for a guy like Duarte can make a lot of sense because those guys space the floor for you right now on a rookie scale Mm -hmm. contract for four years. And that is where, again, I'm sorry, I forgot your name who called in. It's a great point. Like you are going to pay a tremendous premium for that. If you get on the free agent market or you trade for it. Uh, That's why I think Trey man to CP's point does make a lot of sense. Not only can he facilitate, he's a shot creator. And what the NBA is showing us is that the value of secondary shot creators that are not your primary ball handlers are incredibly valuable, which going back to my earlier statement is why Trey man and Trey Murphy, if they're there would be my two picks. Yeah, speaking of ball handling, shot creation, the guy that I really like to kilt us, uh, I keep talking about these Atlanta Hawks, I, I get PTSD from them, is, is Kevin Herter. You know, I, I look at Herter in, in that mold. And as you said, still in the rookie contract and giving you that value, um, it, it, it's, it's incredible. And so I think the Knicks, yeah, if, if they trade up, I would love to have Kispert. Uh, I, we'll see where, where Duarte ends up. I'd like to see him on this team as well because I think those guys are ready to go from day one. And so it'd be interesting. It's the free agent numbers that these shooters are going to demand, which is why I think Duarte has a chance to go at the back of the lottery because his caliber shooting on the free agent market, you're going to pay 20 million for true. True story. True. Indeed. So to everybody in the chat, once again, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. Uh, We got over 800 people here on the check-in CP here. We got Derek Murray here from basketballnews.com. We are taking your calls on the 2021 NBA draft, taking your questions as well. Salute to everybody who's in the chat that are new. What what cities are you guys checking in from? Leave us uh, where you guys are checking in from, and we'll shout you guys out. Um, Derek, you're you're in uh, OKC. 
Yep. Yep. To everybody listening, I'm still here in Oklahoma City. I, I spent four years working with the Thunder, which is why I moved out here uh, originally from Tennessee. But again, still live in Oklahoma City, uh, fully remote now in my work. So again, basketball, you're always on the road anyway. So yep. my wife and I are happy here right now. She's a teacher, but you know, there's a potential we go back to the southeast where we're from eventually, but we still love it here. Were you pulling for CP3 in the finals or were you going with the, the Milwaukee Bucks? Well, I got to be careful on my answer here because yeah. for, for those who are new to my work, again, at Basketball News, I work with um, Matt Babcock, who his family's, you know, MBA for many, many yeah. years in GM roles and director of scouting roles. His dad, Dave, has worked for the Bucks for many, many years. Mm. So I've been, even though I'll always root for the Thunder, they're my team, they're my first employee in sports. Uh, I feel like I had to root for the Bucks, or I was going to be in trouble with my boss. <laughs> so I was pulling for the Bucks, but again, CP3's time here in Oklahoma City, he helped these young guys develop so much. Yeah, he was good to the city. It was a homecoming for him almost because he was actually here with the Hornets after Hurricane right, Katrina, right. when the Hornets actually came and played in the old Ford Center downtown Oklahoma City. So CP3 was always good to this town. I was rooting for him. It was at least good to see him you know, in the finals. I, I think I just wanted to see good basketball. I was going to be happy for one team and sad for one, no matter what the result was. Uh, but honestly, I'm just glad it was a great series. That was yeah. some fun basketball. A lot of people were down on the series. I, I was up on it for one, the Nets weren't in it. So I could actually watch with, with pleasure. Like, like I told Max Hellman earlier today, uh, I wanted to see CP3 get it, but um, because I'm not so sure if he's, if, if he's going to get another chance, just the way things kind of shook out this, this, uh, this season. But I was happy to see Giannis and, and Middleton, Drew Holiday, those guys get it. Um, that performance last night, to me, was was the best finals performance I've ever seen. Um, and I've seen Jordan, I've seen Kobe, LeBron, KD. That 50 points, 14 boards, 5 blocks on both ends. I don't think I've ever seen a player give that level of maximum effort for 48 minutes on both ends of the court. It, it was just it, tremendous, tremendous performance. And I would love to see the numbers on how many times a free throw shooter has improved that drastically that drastically in a, in a clinching uh <laughs> playoff game finals game i mean that was absurd the people in phoenix doing the countdowns are probably like what what happened yeah they motivated him 17 and 19 from the free throw line he's making fadeaway jumpers in the paint he, if, the, the freak was a man on a mission last night man there was no defense in the league that was stopping him last night at all at all I mean, he had poor DeAndre Ayton, and, and Ayton made a name for himself in these playoffs, man. He put him in the witness protection program last night because uh, Ayton was completely shell-shocked from, from the opening tip. So, congratulations to the Bucks And, and for, former Nick Bobby Portis, Arkansas Razorback, chipping in and closing a game, you know. So, anything's possible, man. <laughs> anything's kept, possible in this I, league, man. I kept yelling Bobby time a lot last yeah. time. I was with getting, yeah. was getting really annoyed with me, but I was all about some Bobby Portis last night. Yeah, I was rooting for Bobby Portis, man. You know, so so good for him, good for the Bucks. Uh, so to everybody in the chat, once again, I want to shout out Elias Dante checking in from Amsterdam. Darrell Walsh checking in from Dublin, Ireland. Darrell, how you doing? The humble Memphian checking in from Memphis, of course. Uh, we got Matthew Formica checking in from Pittsburgh. Matthew, how you doing? Louis Chuaca checking in from Tampa. Right underneath him, we got Edward Stalling checking in from Fort Lauderdale. Edward's always in here. Yeah, man. Christian Fernandez has great analysis so far. Thanks a lot, Christian. Uh, yeah, so to everybody in the chat, man, all the mods as usual, TM, Dave, Keith Sinclair, everybody who helps out on the chat, John Talento, always in here first, 
Yeah, man, definitely appreciate all you guys. All right, back to the phones we go. We'll take a couple more calls. I see uh, a couple of our regulars. Let's go to Park City. Dion, what's going on? LCP, man, what's the word, man? What's going on, man? Derek, what's good? Yeah. Long time, Dion. How you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good, man. Yeah, I wanted to ask Derek, like, no, I know he he followed Kentucky closely, and I feel like, you know, BJ Boston, he was he was brought in to be like basically the number one option, but it, I think it was a little bit too much for him. But I think at 32, that'd be a real good pick if all we ask him to do is, you know, stand in the corner, knock down shots and create a little bit off the dribble. And um, I wanted to get Derek uh, thoughts on that as him being more of like a third option where he looked looked much better as a player. And um, I think the Knicks really should uh, really trade 19 and go after Sexton and then take Murray and um, at 32 take Boston. What's your thoughts on that? Again, Boston at 32, I think, makes a ton of sense. His his talent level, his shot creation ability, his ability to initiate the offense, his ball handling, his finishing. I, I understand that he struggled at Kentucky, but, Dion, I agree with you. At 32, I think it makes a ton of sense. Um, ask you as his point guard, you know, not to disc, ask, not to diss, ask you at all last year, but didn't really help that offense run as smoothly as it could have. And I think that hurt Boston because Boston sometimes during the games did become the primary initiator. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's his, if that's his, um, you know, style of play that he's going to have to do at the NBA level. I think your secondary kind of wing initiator is what Boston's going to be. Um, so Dion, to your point, like I do actually think that role he will excel in more. Now there were, again, like I said earlier, there were still concerns that, sh- that tell me like, Hey, it's probably going to be two or three years before we get good NBA minutes out of BJ Boston. But at 32, uh, I take a flyer. I, I take a low risk pick with a guy with tons and tons of upside, and I wouldn't think twice about it. And uh, and Dion wants to trade 19 as part of a package to go get Sexton. And I think he, I think you mentioned um, Murray. Was it Murray at 21 or Murphy? Uh, Trey Murphy at 21, Dion. Murphy, at, yeah, Murphy at 21. Yeah. Okay. Listen yeah, up. Murphy at twenty one, and I agree with him too. Like Kentucky offense didn't take off till they put the ball in on um, Terrence Clark hand, mm-hmm. and then once he got injured a little bit, that's when it stagnated again. Like Askew, he didn't do anything for the offense. But um, yeah, yeah, Murphy at uh twenty one. Yeah. Okay. Pre- appreciate the call, man. Yeah. Listen, I, I would definitely like to see Murphy as, as one of the picks. Not sure where Sexton goes or, or what the or what a potential trade package looks for, looks at looks like for him. I just felt like in, in terms of the demand, I just don't know how much demand is going to be out there for him when you factor and you have to trade for him, and then his potential pay raise. How many teams are going to have that salary cap um, room to to bring him in, and how many teams want to take that chance? to bring him in because, you know, there's a lot of teams that have question marks on Sexton. What is his true fit? Can he play at the one? He, he, he ran besides uh, Garland and Cleveland in, in that backcourt with Garland being the primary ball handler. How's his defense at his size? You know, similar things like that. But, you know, I feel like with, with the scoring potential, it, it's kind of grown on me in terms of his availability. If they can get him for the cheap, he's a CAA guy. If they can negotiate, not the rookie max, you know, I certainly wouldn't give him a five-year, $168 million deal as far as uh, what, what he's eligible to receive. But depending on the price, I think the Knicks should, should definitely investigate 
uh, a sexton move because I, I think it's something where a, a kid that's 22 years old having 24 points per game, I, I think it's a gamble that the Knicks may, ha- may have to take or, or look into at the very least. Yeah, it would, it would be irresponsible for a team not to at least poke around and yeah. see what it would take to get him. You know, regardless of whether a team thinks he's an empty box score filling player, you know, your empty stats. Um, maybe you don't like how, how he's kind of a ball stopper on offense. But again, at that at that kind of scoring for as young as he is, it would be irresponsible to at least not poke around and yeah. see, okay, what's it going to take to get him, if, you know, if, if we were interested here. Yeah, it's growing on me, man. It's definitely growing on me. Uh, shout out to Mr. William 1072 with the super chat. He says he wants Trey Mann at 19, Murphy at 21, and it is he says it's 32 too high for Quentin Grimes. I actually don't think 32 is too high. Um, that's right around the line of where I would probably select him. Somewhere in that 35 to 40 is probably where I would be comfortable taking him. Other than off-ball shooting, movement shooting, which again is extremely valuable, I don't know what else you get with him. Yeah. Um, so I think there could be some higher upside players available there at 32, but I'm not going to say that it's like way too high for Grimes. Um, I think it's definitely on the table for for teams in that range. I mean, as Walt Parent had said in, in previous interviews, that depending on you know the draft and the draft class, um, you know he he's he's not afraid to take a guy. He, he may have a pool of players in, in a certain range that he's he's not afraid to take a certain guy at, at that number if if they like him and how he fits with the team. So we'll see if that input is uh, is imparted on this on this Knicks uh, war room, and we'll see where they go. We'll see where they go. Thanks for the call, Dion. All right, uh, last two calls of the night. We're going to go to next up is Angel, and we're going to close with Jay from Florida. Angel, what's going on, bro? Yo, yo, what's good, CP? How you doing? What's good going night. on, Derek? How you doing? Doing all right. Hello? Yep, yep, we're here. Oh, okay. Um, hey, guys, Um, listen, um... ACP, I did. I did say the Bucks was gonna win that series on Instagram you live. Did, you so did. I good call. I said Suns in seven, man. That, so good call. <laughs> yeah, I just, you know, I just thought the defense was just gonna be uh too much, and you know, with Giannis, man, he just played amazing. But uh, hey, listen, guys, um, you know, I really, um, I think if the Knicks could draft uh Trey Mann and Murphy, um, that would like knock it out the park. But in the event that they um only could get one of them, do you think? Um, at 21, um, it's too early to maybe draft like Boston or uh, maybe Jack from Kentucky because I just don't see the Knicks using all three picks. But I just have a hard time, you know, picturing them keeping all, all three picks and then actually playing them as well because obviously this is a playoff team. So I just wanted to know what you guys thought because um, I just don't see them keeping the picks. And as always, thanks for taking my call, guys. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, man. Well, I think, Derek, you touched on it earlier that uh, you think Jackson goes maybe mid to late lottery, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. He may not yeah, be either. Angel, I think if, if the Knicks want Jackson, I don't think he's going to be there at 19. They're going to have to move both of those picks and try to go get uh, – let me look over here. They're going to have to try to go get that New Orleans pick uh, or the San Antonio pick or the Golden State pick, 10, 12, 14. I think if you want Jackson, you're going to have to move both and go get him there. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. And, and as we mentioned, it seems like Boston would, would more than likely be a second-round 
um, selections. So, going to be interesting to see. I mean, I, like I said, the Knicks clearly have the intel on Jackson and Boston. I'm, I'm sure they're comfortable with those guys. So, we'll see how they value them uh, as compared to uh, some of these other guys within that range. So, yeah. And if if, if I could say something, CP, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, Angel, so this is where draft strategy really becomes important and teams trying to figure out the intel on other teams thoughts is incredibly valuable let's say you don't want to pick at 19 21 and 32 but let's say you are enamored with bj boston but you don't want to take him at 21 you know if you have done your homework on the teams drafting 22 to 31 and you are fully confident that you can get boston at 32 then you move 19 to 21 to go up and get who you want that is why it is so important and teams need to be so tight lipped on who they're looking at and you know what they're thinking um, because you almost have to it's like poker it's it's like poker you have to play the other general managers you have to play the other scouting departments and not just the board you know you play the man you, play, you don't play the cards and that is you know that's a quintessential example here if you really like jackson and you really want boston you don't want all three picks like do your homework on the teams in the 20s if you think boston's going to fall go get your other guy move the other two so that strategy becomes a huge, huge, important part of this whole process. What are some of the ways that, that you can reveal, you know, what are some of the ways that, that a team may, you know, try to investigate how another war room is thinking or, or where they may be leaning to in the draft? Yeah. Oh man, we could do a whole, we could do a whole show on that. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, I think the easiest one, a lot of guys in these front offices have worked together. You know, mm. when you work in sports, if you want to move up, you have to move around. Um, so there's not many organizations that like you just start top to bottom or bottom to top in the same, you know, company. Um, so like a lot of guys at these teams, they know each other. They know how each other think. Mm. You know, some of the analytically driven teams, they go and take a GM job over there. Now you've got GMs who work together for 10 years. They know how the other one thinks. Mm. And, you know, just like any of your best friends or like your coworkers, if I know what my buddy's going to do, you know, I've, I know his tell in poker. I know what player he's going to like in the, in the draft. So you, you, you kind of know things that way. Um, you also have some people who talk too much. Sometimes your scouts talk too much and that's fireable. You know, you shouldn't be talking about your plans inside your organization. Um, sometimes agents will leak information, but the, the big thing is with media and agents, you've really got to suss out who's lying to you. Um, you never know who's telling you the truth, which is why relationships matter so 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 much i mean matt and i get intel from people and sometimes we just assume sometimes i know somebody's lying to me and you just kind of have to play the game there are people that i know if they tell me something i know they're telling me the truth yeah and there's a lot of ways to find out information but again it's a big game you have to play the man you have to play the media play the agents you know whole thing it's yeah. it's so much interesting very interesting man appreciate that so to everybody in the chat once again hit that thumbs up button for you boys and JG says it's like playing Frogger. <laughs> and and yeah, so like, and it looks like uh, you know somebody mentioned find out who who they worked out. I am of the opinion I would never tell you. I would never let players tell you if they worked out for me. Mm. You would never know who I had in my city for a workout. Um, that being said, some people will bring guys in for a workout and they don't even want them. Like yeah. it's just to make you think that I want them. Yeah. So again, even that, even the workouts, you can't read a whole lot into. That's why it's funny to me that some people say, oh, he worked out here. We must really want him. I'm like, uh, I don't know. Maybe this maybe this guy has a history of just working kids out to make people behind him think they're going to take him. Yeah. 
Have we seen, like, maybe in last year's draft, you know, I don't know if you have an example of a team who didn't work a guy out and, and still took him? Uh, if they didn't work him out and, yeah. and then still took him? Yeah. It's actually funny. I actually talked to Matt about that last night. Yeah, that happens. That happens every draft. Mm. Um, sometimes it's simple. It's as simple as scheduling. You know, mm. maybe we couldn't get the kid in here, but we've been to enough live games that we do know that we fully like the kid and we've interviewed him over the phone. And so, yeah, oh, the kid not working out for you yeah. um, does not always mean that your team isn't interested. Isn't interested. Yeah. Interesting indeed. All right, final call of the night. This is this is our draft guy. This is his time of year. This is this is his show. It was only right that I gave him the closer duties. Now he hasn't been too pleased, Derek. We call him the Debbie Downer because he wasn't happy that the Knicks made it to the playoffs and ruined their chance in one of the deeper draft classes in many years. But nevertheless, we give him the floor. Jay from Florida. Jay, what's going on, man? Yeah, the draft is where I come alive. I come alive in the draft. <laughs> Listen, I need y'all to run it up. Yeah. We got 270 up. likes. Yeah. There's 800 people watching. Everybody go hit the like button Let's right go. now. Let's Shout go. out to Ash me, Ash Final Time, but you're right. <laughs> hit the like button. Um, So my thing is we pricing our, we getting priced out of, out of our own free agents, right? Berman is dropping articles every day. Nerlens might be going to this team. He just dropped the Bullock, might be going to this team. This is what happens when you make the fourth seed. You play well in New York City. You get paid as a free agent. Now we have nothing to show for it. Knox didn't play. As soft as Knox is, he should have played a little bit more this year to see what he got to at least build some value. We have absolutely nothing to show for it moving forward. The Colin Sexton thing, I want Sexton. I think Sexton is nice, but I feel like as Knicks fans, we're probably the most powerful on Twitter. I think we priced ourselves out of boot night. I think we priced ourselves out of Sexton just by talking. Kobe Altman got a wife and kids, man. I, I, I just Googled it. Kobe, Kobe Altman got mad in 2018. He works for Dan Gilbert. He's not trading Sexton for nothing to get fired. Yeah. The man needs a job. He got to work. Everybody in the chat works. Kobe Altman needs a job. So we got to come with it if we want Sexton. I think we, we got a better chance at Lonzo than Sexton. Um, Derek, I appreciate you on the show, brother. A lot of, a lot of good insight. I didn't hear anything about Jalen Johnson. I mean, people say Jalen Johnson's a four. I think he's a big three. I think I think he'd be a good draft pick. Same reason why you like B.J. Boston. I think Jalen Johnson's a blue chip uh, prospect. I think he'd be a good pick if you get him at 19. Um, Walt Perrin is known for trading up in the draft. He's known for selecting who he wants. He did it with Williams. Uh, he did it with, with Spider. He did it with Goldberg. I think Keon Johnson looks like a like a Walt Perrin player. He, he looks like Spider, you know, quick twitch athlete. Can't really shoot, but he got a lot of athletic prowess. So I think you know he might be a trade up candidate. Uh, I saw Wiseman wants the Knicks to trade up and get Moody. Um, I'm sorry, Giddy from Australia to play point. I think that'd be awesome too. I like Moses Moody from Arkansas. I think he's the best, one of the best prospects in the draft. I'd love to trade up for him. But my question is, if, if the Knicks package 19 and 21 out of those three prospects, who do you think would be the best fit? Moody, um, Keon Johnson, or I forgot the last person I talked about. Anyway, yeah, next Jaylen point. Jalen Johnson, yeah. Um, yeah, 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 there you go. Uh, what do you think about Cam Thomas? We talked about it with Wise last time. I think he's, I think he's a, a great offensive player. I think you draft a player like Cam Thomas, figure out the defense later. 
And then um, Vecini said, I was listening to my podcast, Vecini said he's hearing a lot of Trey Murphy to the Knicks. Who do you hear, Derek? Who, you, who do you think the Knicks are targeting at this point? I want you to let your sources out on Knicks fan TV. <laughs> we don't care. We're burning all your bridges. All right? The Knicks fans need it. We need to hear. We need to know what you're thinking. We need to know what people are saying. My last point is rest in peace to Terrence Clark. I think Terrence Clark would have been in consideration for, for that 32 pick. I think he's even better than B.J. Boston looking at the tape. Mm. I love Terrence Clark's tape. Rest in peace to him. Um, crazy. He passed so young, man. 19, 18 is crazy. Mm-hmm. But I think they would have definitely looked at him moving forward. Anyway, you know I come alive in the draft time. I'm gone. Holla. <laughs> Appreciate the call, Jay. All right. So, so Jay had three questions. He says, if we were to trade up from 19 to 21 out of Jalen Johnson, Keon Johnson, Moses Moody, who, who would you like best for the Knicks? Yeah, so uh, it's funny. Jay, it sounds like we just need to do more shows together because you make me come alive <laughs> talking about the draft stuff. Tremendous <laughs> questions. Uh, I really appreciate you jumping on the show. Uh, I re- Yeah, I really, really appreciate you coming on. Um, guys that I, yeah, we haven't talked about a whole lot that are definitely trade-up worthy guys. And I just threw in the chat a link to our latest mock draft. We have Keon Johnson at 20. We have Jalen Johnson at 18, you know, two guys that based on what we're hearing, Jay, I love you, brother. I'm not going to burn my sources for you, but they are slipping uh, a little bit, at least among some NBA circles. Wouldn't shock me if both of them went up around 10, but we're hearing less and less about them as these lottery guys kind of, as we move towards the draft, Um, I would probably trade up to get Jalen Johnson because I think Moody is going to be very difficult to go get. I think you have to go all the way to 10 to get Moody. I think Jalen Johnson, if you get up to as high as 13, 14, you might be able to get Jalen. Keon is a guy that if he's there at 19, I, I probably take him. I don't know if I'm moving two picks for him. Um, if that makes sense. So if I had to pick one, I think Moody's the would be the guy that you want. I think he's too difficult to go get. I think you have to go too high because he'll go early. So I would say Jalen Johnson is the guy that would be the most likely that maybe you trade up to go get him if you think you got a shot. He's only a couple spots ahead of you. And uh, and the Knicks, according to uh, Empire Sports, this was as of June 25th, it says that they did meet uh, with, with Jalen Johnson. I don't see Keon Johnson on here or uh, Moses Moody, uh, but they said that they did meet with, uh, with, with Jalen Johnson out of Duke. Uh, second question, Cam Thomas out, out of LSU, the, the bucket. Well, what's your take on him? A lot of my drafts have him going in, in that 20s range. What do you think about him? Yeah, um, 20s is probably where I think he'll end up, one of the best shooters, best scorers, shot creators in this whole class, and it's not even close. Um, I think a lot of the stuff with him is – uh, you know, Intel's just a little rough kind of coming out of LSU. There are some questions uh, that aren't related to his basketball skill at all. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll say it there. You know, it's not glaring to where people are going to say, oh, I'm just straight up not taking him. Mm-hmm. But even though he's probably a lottery level talent as a scorer, I do think he'll end up in the 20s. Interesting. Okay. So maybe some off-court stuff, a little, little murky for him right now. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I, I won't get too much into it. Got it. Got it. Got it. And uh, and and he, and he mentioned uh, the recently departed Ter- Terrence Clark. Um, kid with a lot of promise, man. It was definitely unfortunate to hear 
uh, he passed be- before his his dreams could come true, man. But um, yeah, tough loss for the Kentucky program for sure. Uh, did you guys, uh, you know, before his passing, had you guys, you know, scouted him or uh, done any research on him? Yeah, uh, a ton. You know, rest in peace, Terrence Clark. I think he was one of the most explosive athletes um, would have been in this whole draft class. Mm. And I think looking back, I think he had a potential to be a late first round pick. Um, again, another guy that even though he struggled. I mean, the high school stuff, the high school talent level, the athleticism, the balance explosion, he had it all. Mm. Um, yeah, you know, breaks my heart for that family, anybody tied to his situation. And, um, you know, it was one of those sad nights where you just kind of sit, you can't believe that really happened. So yeah. rest in peace, uh, TC. But uh, Jay, I, I do think he would have had a shot to go in the first round. Um, yeah. Interesting indeed, man. But uh, Derek, you know, this was a great session, uh, another great session for 2021. Uh, I thought you gave us a lot of stuff to dig in on and, and digest. And we'll see, man, eight days away from the NBA draft. We'll see what the Knicks come out with. But uh, once again, can't thank you enough for bringing us your, your intel and your insight and uh, and just sharing all this knowledge with, with us, man. So uh, definitely let the people know where they can find you and, and any uh, any upcoming projects you may be working on. Yeah, of course. Again, like CP, just thank you so much for letting me come and be uh, on the show. You're one of the best hosts, uh, best basketball guys out there in the country, in the world, as far as I'm concerned. So it's an honor to come on the show. Always an honor to speak to Knicks fans as a whole. You all are some of the best fans in all of basketball. And you do, you do price yourself out of good free agents because your market (laughs) is so big and your fans are so good. So that does happen. Um, But again, y'all are going to be back probably in the playoffs again next year. I fully expect it. And um, I expect a pretty good draft, whether or not you keep 19 and 21 or you move up um, and then keep 32. I expect the Knicks to be very happy on draft night. So uh, I threw a link to my Twitter in the chat. It's D Murray NBA. Um, and then follow us over at basketballnews.com. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube or our YouTube page as well. We got pre-draft workouts. We got a bunch of podcast networks, uh, Rex Chapman, James Posey, a lot of other guys. So uh, check all of our stuff out. We'll also be doing a live show through our YouTube uh, on draft night, breaking down every pick. Uh, so if you guys come over there, I'll be sure to take some time on the next ones. But again, CP, thank you so much. Thanks for everybody hanging out with us. Uh, let me talk a little bit of draft. Absolutely. And, and once again, salute to everybody in the chat. Hit that thumbs up button for you boys. I hope you guys enjoyed it, man. As I promised, as I delivered, you get this nowhere else, man. The best of the best. We've given you the guys that know, eat, sleep, and drink the NBA draft. I want to thank Derek Murray. I want to thank Matt Babcock, Babcock Hoops, even Jason Filippi. Jason, I, I, I talked to Jason about uh, Luca Vildoza. He sent me some in- intel uh, via email earlier this season. So, you know, these guys help us out a lot in really helping us understand who these guys are and what they're all about. So um, I can't thank these guys enough. And, uh, and, you know, pleasure to have them in our network. Remember, these shows are available in audio podcast format, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Amazon Alexa, Stitcher, all the major platforms. So if you miss it on video, you can catch it on audio. We'll be running the replays throughout the night as well. So shout out to the replay gang. Make sure you guys are hitting that thumbs up on the replays as well. And remember, this show is brought to you by Manscaped, fellas. Go to manscaped.com. Enter promo code NYX for 20% off plus free shipping on your lawnmower 4.0 and all other Manscaped products. So once again, eight days away, 19-21-32-58 for now. We'll see who's coming out in an orange and blue uniform. We'll see you guys next time. Derek Murray, CP, we out of here. Peace.